0: Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Today's episode is a rewind from our interview with Justin Mayers, co-author of Traction, a startup guide to getting customers. In this interview, Justin goes into how important it is for startups to gain adoption and get real customers. Traction is really about Justin's journey as an entrepreneur and everything he's learned. Let's get started. Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation. This is the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries with passion and precision. Learn more at insideoutside.io or econic.co. Let's get started.
1: So I guess this, I guess to start off, um, you know, prior to writing Traction, um, you spent some time in the trenches as a startup founder yourself. So can you tell our audience a little bit uh, kind of a brief history of your startup adventures before writing the book?
2: So let's see. so I started my first company when I was in college. Uh, I was a sophomore in college, and like like I think many students coming in you know they go to college for the first time, first time living with someone. I had like an awful roommate experience and so my first company was uh basically started what I called roommate Fit, which was like an e harmony for roommates, so we did like personality based roommate matching uh, so we Got some traction, like we got some revenue. We matched like eight thousand students uh, went through an accelerator there, but ultimately, like selling to universities is possibly the worst thing ever, and I will never do it again. (laughs) Like it's painful. So that didn't really work, but um, and then after that, I co-founded a company called CloudFab, which was a three D printing company. So we built like the first API for three D printing. This was way back in the earlier days before uh, 3D printing was, like, hot. And personally, I think we were a little too early. But it was a really cool experience that ended up getting acquired for, like, a small sum. Uh, And then after that, I joined a company called Exceptional Cloud Services where we built, like, software tools for software developers. And uh, we got acquired by Rackspace for eight figures and like, 2013, in mid-2013. So, uh, yeah, and then wrote Traction. Very cool. Came out with Traction a couple months after.
1: So, yeah, and you co-wrote this with uh, Gabriel Weinberg of DuckDuckGo. How did you guys meet and how did you get connected about writing this book?
2: Yeah, so, you know, Traction was something that I had always struggled with, always had a lot of questions around, wanted to become a good marketer, learn more about it. Uh, And Gabriel had been working on some of the interviews, like, since 2009, basically. So we met because we we're both – my family's based in Philly and he's a Philly-based entrepreneur. And so we uh, – yeah, we just met and kind of like pitched him on doing this together and getting you know, it out there. And that's what we did. And it, it's been it's – like the reception has been so awesome, which has been
1: cool. So why did you decide to kind of write a book specifically about traction? What, what was the thing that kind of attracted you to that subject matter?
2: Yeah, honestly, the main thing was I had struggled. Like, this was the thing that I had struggled with. Like, I thought that I, I read the Lean Startup, I read the Four Steps of the Epiphany, I read all of that stuff, and yet when it was, uh, you know, after going through this and like with roommate fit especially, like I thought I had built something people wanted. I thought I went through the process. I thought every, I did everything correctly, but unfortunately, like we ended up failing and the main reason was because we couldn't get traction and so for me i thought that that was like the main problem that i was struggling with And after talking to just tons of other entrepreneurs like that's a huge problem in almost every business yeah without a doubt that's the book we wanted to basically write the lean startup for what you do once you have an mvp or a product that you think is working
1: yeah, what I like, what I really love about the book is how tactical the advice and examples are. You, you, you kind of outline yeah. the nineteen different areas of traction and that. How did you go about researching the book? Oh
2: man, it took forever. <laughs> like we, uh, so we interviewed more than forty entrepreneurs who had been successful or gotten traction through each of the different nineteen channels that we mentioned in the book. But as we did that, we read like hundreds of blog posts. We talked to people about you know, like experts in the channel, like SEO, like what do you do? If you were us, what would you include? What do you think, um, you know, what articles do you think are worth including or what should we do? So we just got a ton of really expert feedback from people who have just been crushing like these different marketing channels. So we use them really to inform what we included in the book. And like we wanted most of all to just make it really tactical because you know honestly i have i have a huge issue with business books that i think are just like awful and not tactical and just kind of a waste of space and like super fluffy and so what we wanted to do the opposite of that
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you mentioned obviously lean startup and there's other books out there that are kind of more high level on that how how do you think traction applies to the overall lean startup framework and where does it apply
2: Uh, i think it works really well with lean startup. Like we actually did an interview with Eric Reese where we talked about this. But basically like Lean Startup is how do I build a product and validate certain features with different customers? You know, it's like you have this idea or you have a product, how do you figure out what features to build next and how do you validate that those features are what customers actually want? Like that is the entire purpose of Lean Startup. And it does it really, really well. Nowhere in that, however, does it say anything like, here is how you actually get your first hundred customers, or here's how you go from a hundred customers to a thousand. And so we just saw a lot of entrepreneurs were like lost in that space where they use Lean Startup and they applied this framework and they they validated a product and they did a bunch of good stuff. And then once they had 10 customers, they're like, you know, where do we go from here? And there was no similar methodology to figure that out.
1: Sorry. Why do you think folks struggle and why did kind of huge struggles personally with um, finding traction? Why do you think it's such a common problem?
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot of things. Like there are, let's see, I would say there's a couple. So one thing that's big is that if you look at growth hackers or hacker news or whatever, there are tons and tons of different traction channels and marketing hacks and growth hacks that people talk about all the time. And so, unlike building a product where it's like, hey, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna focus on this like, feature, or we're gonna fix this bug, and my customers have told me that they want it, so like, I can go build that, and it'll be a net win for the company. Marketing is kind of like, you're taking more of a shot in the dark, and you're like, man, I, I hope this marketing channel will work, you know? And so we saw a lot of people would, like, read online, like, how this business used content marketing to get 100,000 visitors a month. And then they would write three blog posts, find that it wasn't that easy or it didn't work for them. And then they would start testing some other, like, Facebook ads hack that they saw, you know, online or whatever. And so after all these different things, we were, like, we saw that, uh, basically, this is what people struggled with. And, like, they didn't really have a systematic way to approach the problem of getting traction for their business. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. So uh, uh, in the book, you talk a lot about, you kind of put it into a framework, you call it the bullseye framework of how um, startup founders can kind of tackle this idea of traction and figure out which particular channels are going to be most effective. Can you walk our audience through the bullseye framework a little bit?
2: Sure, yeah. So the basic idea behind the bullseye framework is like you look at each of the 19 different traction channels you could potentially use to acquire customers. And then you figure out, you know, through a process of brainstorming, uh, interviewing people, you know, looking at what other companies who've tried to reach your same target customers have done well, and you say like, okay, here are some channels that I think make sense for a business. You run small tests in those channels. Like if you think Facebook ads might work, you spend $500 or $1,000 on Facebook ads, and then double down on what works. So you find Facebook ads work, and you up your budget to like 5k or 10k a month you know, until you tap out that channel and then you kind of go through the process again.
1: Very interesting. So which of the 19 areas do you think startups either overuse or, or conversely don't take advantage of enough or the particular ch- channels that work better?
2: That's, that's a really hard question. I mean, just because it's so dependent on the type of company you are. Like if you're selling, um, you know, million dollar software to fortune 500 companies or something like bank security software or whatever that's a very very different type of business than if you're trying to get 100,000 downloads on your mobile app and so it really is dependent on the business on what channels are available to them and on just where their customers hang out
1: so in your research now have you found that startups use you know typically try one particular channel over the others and and then again either find traction or not or uh, how systematic have you seen folks uh, either using what you've uh, put out in the book to to actually gain traction
2: yeah so we've we've seen people use our stuff really systematically which is really cool like uh, but in, to answer your first question um, I see a lot of startups focusing on things that even if they were to work somehow their business wouldn't change you know like i've seen companies that have maybe 10,000 customers or whatever and they're like cool we're going to start doing podcast interviews and you know it's like there's like four podcasts in their niche they have less than i don't know 5,000 listeners or something like this is especially prevalent with some developer tools companies i've seen Um, But it's like, guys, even if you got every, or like, you know, a 10% conversion rate on everyone in that marketing channel, like it wouldn't make that much of a difference to your business, you know? And so you see that a lot where the same thing happens where someone is like, oh, you know, we have, I don't know, however many customers, we're going to try writing like blog posts or we're going to try and do a bunch of stuff with AdWords in a really niche category that gets only a couple thousand searches a month. like. Even if it works, it's just not worth doing. you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So who, who do you see in the market that's kind of getting it right and doing a, a good job at kind of systematically uh, working through their, their channels?
2: Oh, man. I mean, there's so many companies. Like my co-author, Gabriel, his company is doing an incredible job. Like if you go to duckduckgo.com traffic, his search engine, uh, their traffic is just like hitting the classic hockey, stir, hockey stick growth curve. So, so, I mean, that company is doing incredibly well. Zenefits has, like, they tested their way to figuring out um, that outbound email, like, doing, like, outreach to different companies that fit their potential customer base works really, really well for them. And so they're scaling that incredibly. Like, they're hiring hundreds of SDRs. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month with, um, you know, different scraping companies. They're like testing all these email scripts to really scale that channel. So I'd say like those are two companies that are doing a really, really good jobs of applying this framework and like, iterating and doubling down
1: very interesting you know in the 19 channels you you, again you have a pretty wide variety of ways to uh, reach an audience everything from you know trade shows to speaking engagements to you know content marketing blogging and things like that Um, what are some of the things that are there particular channels that work better if you're like b2b versus b2c
2: yeah for sure i mean one one very obvious one is like sales like doing outbound sales or uh, you know, getting on the phone with every customer—that just doesn't make sense. If you're trying to do a consumer-focused uh, site, you know, if you're trying to get app downloads, like maybe that's an okay strategy at first to get your first like hundred or thousand downloads, but it just doesn't make sense over the long term. So that that's like a very clear and easy one.
1: Exactly. Great. Um, and then what what are some of the tactics tactics that you use to get? Uh, book uh, traction on your book
2: <laughs> yeah it's a good question uh, so we wrote a really big blog post about this it was like traction by the numbers uh, we wrote it about two months after it came out but it was like here are the different channels that we use to sell roughly 10,000 copies or more than 10,000 copies in just like two months and so the big things there were um, podcast interviews actually were huge for us like I didn't realize how big of a channel that would be, but it, it was. Then another thing was we did uh, some guest posts and like co-email marketing with some people who have larger lists. But the biggest one by far for us was actually just hitting up our email list. Like we have a very responsive email list, and we had you know we had uh, almost ten thousand people that were really supportive and like really like they bought our book almost immediately after we launched.
1: And that was and that so, was a list that you curated before through other yeah. yeah,
2: so we we'd spent about a year or two uh creating that. So we just had, you know, a landing page and like we had people signing up and uh got email addresses that way.
1: Very cool. Very cool. So you kind of had a pre-built audience so that you knew when you launched the book you'd actually be able to get traction. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But it, it was so worth it because, I mean, we launched the book and like within an hour or two of sending out that email, we were in like the top 50 of Amazon.
0: Well, that's the end of another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks so much for listening. and We really appreciate Justin for coming on the show. If you have some thoughts on how we can make the show better to fit your needs, send us a note at the I.O. podcast or insideoutside.io. Until next time,
1: go build something big.